The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. How's it going, everybody? Thanks for joining us here on G. Cobb in the House on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Micah Warren, along with our buddy G. Cobb and Jason Ashworth. And how are you guys doing tonight? I'm, well, I'm doing, doing well. Uh, How about got, you, Big Micah? Yeah, I, I got my uh, finger down my throat. I'm trying to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Gee? It's funny because I, I, tonight I know we got a lot to talk about with, with the draft coming up. And, you know, the Phillies off to a, a good start, but probably a deceiving start. And I want to get to that. But the first thing I thought about that I wanted to talk with you guys about, and I don't know if you guys had the same Actually, Jay, I know you had the same reaction as I did because I was talking to you about this last night. Almost like you... I'm at a loss for words to even describe this. And if people out there have not seen this, it's been all, I mean, it's made the news in Canada. It's been on ESPN, Fox, you name it. This kid, Matthew Clemens, is, has made uh, a lot of headlines. And if you haven't heard the story, uh, uh, an off-duty police officer, not that it's matter, but whatever, he's from Lehigh Valley. He takes his two daughters, 11 and 16 years old, down to the ballpark. And he's got a bunch of people behind him that are just beyond obnoxious, vulgar, saying the nastiest thing. So he goes and he tells uh, he goes and tells the ushers and they get those guys out of there. So another kid, this Matt Clemens, was he 21 years old or something? Yeah. <laughs> I, so he goes over to the guy, sticks his fingers down his throat, and vomits all over the 11-year-old and the dad. Now, I mean, I, I can't, I need words for that. So the, the father tries to, like, a 43-year-old guy, police captain, Tries to, like, you know, shove the guy away. Like, what are you doing? I mean, I don't even know what I would do in that situation. And so the kid starts wailing on him, makes his ear bleed. Everybody, as fans try to subdue this kid. He's still vomiting on everybody. I can't make this up. This is so beyond swearing at a game. And, gee, I'm going to ask you first because you have children. Uh, Jay and I don't yet, which is probably a good thing for the rest of the world. That we know of. As a dad, what do you do in that situation? Well, you know, I, I think, you know, uh, you know, you got to protect your child. So, you know, he's, it's a good thing I wasn't there because we both, we both probably would have got taken away to jail. Only he would have went to the hospital first. Cause, uh, <laughs> but, but it's just ridiculous. And, you know, the thing about it is it, it adds to the whole image of Philadelphia. And I know everybody doesn't like it, but this kind of thing, it almost, uh, you know, what it confirms what uh, people have heard about Philadelphia, and I was just listening to another guy on the radio, and he, he, he works in the travel business, and he says anytime they talk about a trip to Philadelphia to see a, uh, a sporting event, the people ask, well, is it safe? You know, what's the safety? You know, because after all, uh, a guy got killed at a baseball game last year. 
And that's what we were talking about before. Last time somebody got beat up until they died. I mean, so uh, it's, it's definitely not a good thing. And to get this kind of reaction, but, you know, it, you know when something confirms a stereotype or an image, you know, it, it, it sells. So that's why everybody jumped on and said, oh, Philadelphia's at it again. <laughs> You're right. And so. by this time, I, I almost can't blame them, even though, I, as we all know, look, we, we've been around Philly, been to a lot of games, this and that. We know that's obviously the exception, not the norm. This is just over the top. I mean, Jay... What do you say to somebody now that comes and says, oh, you're a typical Philly fan. Why don't you go vomit on someone at a game? How do you, I mean, what do you even react to that? <laughs> Mike, it just, <laughs> like we were talking about last night, I'm, you know, obviously I, we talked about it last night. I had all day to, to read about today, digest it again today, and I'm still sitting here listening to you guys talk about it, and I'm speechless. I, I'm still trying to fathom how this all went down and, and what, what was that kid drinking that made you know, whatever was in his glass. Somebody needs to figure out because whatever told him that that was, you know, whatever he was doing was okay. I mean, kudos to the dad. Gee, you said that obviously you're supposed to go into uh, supposed to go into the jail, but he's making a trip to the hospital first. Kudos to him for keeping his head. Um, I mean, because if he gets arrested, and he said the reason he kept his head was because if he gets arrested, I mean, then he's got a 15 year old and an 11 year old at the ballpark by themselves. Uh, yeah, me personally, yeah, think, of, think of the position that this guy put him in. Yeah. No, Your natural reaction hey, nobody, is, I'm nobody's going to throwing up on my sisters, of... let alone my daughters. So, I mean, I, me, I don't have that restraint. I'm behind bars right now if that's me. So, um, I guess I'm not a father, uh, and I don't have that restraint. But, uh, I mean, something needs to be said for the way he handled himself. It's, it's, and, Jake, can you just hold on for one second? We've got a bad connection. Producer just wants to improve your connection. If you could just hold for one second, um, but you raise a good point. It's like your options at that point when this guy does that. I can do what I really want to do, and what should I'm sorry when that happens, man. This guy is is about to get a beatdown. But now, if you do that, you're setting you don't you don't want to do that kind of thing in front of your kids and tell them, you know, maybe you do, maybe maybe you do want to teach your kids that you know you don't use your hands, you don't get in fights unless someone pukes on you. At that point, it is okay. I mean, well, you know, it, it's a very unusual situation. I, you know, I, I, I think you just basically, one thing that you can guarantee that you have is you've got a guy who's got some kind of personal problem. Uh, you know, he's an idiot to do something like that. To even contemplate doing something that absurd is, is, is ridiculous. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think you have something, you know, uh, if, if anything, I think what this shows is, you know, if he was intoxicated, Clearly, there's too much intoxication at these games. We know why the, the intoxication is a lot, because people are making money, and it's big money being made. So that's why the intoxication is allowed. Uh, we know how people go to the football games, the baseball games, and this is a norm here in Philadelphia. It's, it's, it happens way too much when you've got people drinking. That is the bottom line. You know, I don't know if it affected this guy, with his, but he's an idiot to do something like that. But you got too much intoxication over there where people are basically drunk on their feet, and you got, uh, you know, what, a uh, guy ran over a lady uh, not long ago um, uh, with the, some visitor, a lady, in, I think, from St. Louis or something, and she, her, her and her friend uh, walk across the street, and they got, right. one of them got run over and killed and stuff. But, you know, if you have drunk driving, you got a problem, and, and you got a lot of drinking, you got a lot of drunks. And that's that. I don't think it's, you know, uh, it, it's, of course, nationally, it adds to the image of Philadelphia, 
But other than that, I don't, I don't think it, it means any more than that. No, but you know what I, I was thinking about this, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on this, is, I mean, is this all just leading to is this all just leading to a time where there's going to be no booze at sporting events? I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. And I know people crack down on tailgating. And it's annoying. I like to go drink some beers at the game. I enjoy it. I like tailgating. I don't get like that. I can't, I, I can't imagine getting to this point. So, I mean, what ends up happening, I guess it happens, you know, all throughout life, is you get a few people that can't handle responsibility, so they ruin it for the rest of them. Um, well, you know, that, that is ultimately what people don't want to, they don't accept, and I think all of together, the people in the country, regards to everything. If you break the rules, it's going to end up, you're going to end up taking away a freedom or some type of privilege is taken away because people break the rules. It happens with everything, and this clearly is one of them. There's no reason that you can't go over, have a few beers, look at the game, enjoy it without being an idiot. But uh, too many people uh, abuse it, and so, you know, if, at, some, at some point, they're going to have to do something. <laughs> no, no, you're right. And, uh, I mean, Jay, can you see a point where there's just no beer there? I mean, because, look, I'll be the first to tell you. I like to go drink. I, when I'm we're just hanging around, I, I'm, I swear my fair share. I, won't, I refuse to do it at the ballpark. Because to me, I don't ever want to be the reason that some guy feels like he can't take his kids to the game. So I'm always on my best behavior. Have you have you ever been over there and called Earl over there? Uh, have you called Earl over there, Micah? Have I what? Called Earl. Earl! You know, <laughs> were you throwing up over there at the park? Have you ever done that? <laughs> no. Okay, all right. I'm just checking. No, no, no. I, I actually, I'm, I'm always on my best behavior. But, Jay, do you think that that's, a, that's where we're headed? Do you think they're going to yeah. Because here, now, G, you make a great point. It's about money, and they make a lot of money off of the booze. But... Yeah. If you get to a point where you're not getting people because too many people, there's a tipping point there. And if you get to a point where people aren't coming because they don't want to deal with that, well, that's hurting your bottom line in another area. I think that's unfortunately, a the, uh, okay. Unfortunately, the, the minority is going to speak for the majority. For every 35,000 fans that you have going out there having a good time, you know, spending a couple of dollars on a couple of beers, um, you know, and handling themselves like adults, there's always a knucklehead. And unfortunately, that knucklehead is going to speak for the majority. Uh, whether we like it or not, I mean, it's not. It's not about the thirty-four thousand nine hundred ninety-nine that are doing what they're supposed to do. It's about that one guy that makes the headlines, that brings the attention, that forces the change. Uh, and enough. Of, if enough of these knuckleheads, especially in Philadelphia, with with the rap. I mean, at this point, at this point, I don't even know that you can say it's a bad rap anymore. Why Philadelphia? I well, mean, hey, year in year out, it's always somebody. You know, have you ever sat up top of Shea? What's that? Sit up top at Shea in New York. I mean, obviously it's gone. No, now, but oh, I don't recommend about, right, you right, go to the top about, of just about any stadium in the country, right. and you'll find the idiot. I couldn't yeah. believe some of the things people were yelling. But I guess you know maybe that's my own naivete at this point, where you got to no, realize people are idiots. You're absolutely right. What? People are idiots all throughout the country. But more than not, I mean, does, doesn't it seem like a spotlight is right here on Philadelphia? And I'll tell you yeah. what. This city's running out of excuses, to be honest. You know, uh, I think, Micah, you know, I didn't realize it, but I didn't realize we were exporting idiots to other cities to let them go <laughs> sit in their stadium. <laughs> well, gee, you've been in a lot of cities. You played, you know, for, for a variety of teams. I mean, did you, did you find it pretty much the same way everywhere you go? Uh, no, it's not the same. Uh, I, I think what, one thing is 
it's it's um it's all almost rewarded here. It's applauded. You know, uh, there's some people that that wear that like stripes. You know, uh, yeah. The, yeah. The, the stuff about you know somebody they see somebody with another uh, team's jersey on or something. You know, get a few guys there and go and beat them up. I mean, you know, no, nowhere is that patted on the back, but it's patted on the back to a degree here. And and you know, it's still a, a, a it's a small minority uh, yet still, but. The drinking is, is not as much of a minority, you know, with the, the, you got the over-drinking. You see way right. too much of that, and they say it happens mostly out there in the tailgating. No, you're right, and they wear it like a badge of honor. But, we you know, we'll get back to more of this. Uh, we got to take a break right now. This is G. Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'll see you in a minute. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. It's all about action. Scores. Taking a look at the NBA tonight. Highlights. He's broken loose. He's at the 30. And headlines. Big trade in the NFL this afternoon. When you are looking to talk sports, look no further than the Voice America Sports Network. We bring you some of the biggest names and all the sports news you can handle, whether it's basketball, off the glass, football, Come on. golf, racing, or the Olympics. We've got you covered. We'll even cover tailgating. Tune in to the Voice America Sports Network. It's all things sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. All right, everybody. We are back here on G. Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Micah Warren. Along with G Cop and Jason Ashworth, and uh, so we got that fill off your fan nonsense. Uh, we'll be uh, pretty soon. I think that that was going to take over the snowballs at Santa national rumor, and it probably should at this point. But anyway, we got the draft coming up, which is see to me it's always been a national holiday, but they've broken it up to the point where 
kind of like three holidays, and they're not all as good as the as it used to be. What would they have? used to have first four rounds or so uh, on one day, and you could just sit there and veg out and just oh, take it in the whole draft. But now they got it broken up. So Thursday night is the draft, and uh, we've been talking a lot about you know what the Eagles are going to do. I'm on. I, I've said this before. I, I'm. On, I really wanted to trade down. I really do, and I know people disagree with me, and they think I'm an idiot for that, and that's okay. I am a fan of trading down because you get more picks. They have a ton of holes on defense they need to fill. The picks, the guys come cheaper, and you have more of a chance to hit because there's more guys. So, you know, if you're going to trade up and you say, you know, in 10 years you look back and go, wow, they traded up to get that guy. What a stud. Great move. Fine. Un- understood. Mike, how, right. how many picks do they have already? They, they, have, oh, they have four picks in the top 70. We they have, they have five of the first 87, plus they have a plethora throughout the rest of the draft. I'm not Now I'm not sitting here saying that you don't want to have a lot of draft picks. Of course, every year you want to have as many draft picks as possible. But you have to understand, only X amount of guys are going to make this team to begin with. Now, they have a lot of holes. I agree, you've got to fill as many positions as you can. So you but cut you don't some want of the turds. What's that? So you cut some of the guys that can't play that you have on the team All right, now. fair enough. Fair enough, but no, you're not going to sit here and tell me that, that 11 rookies are going to go ahead and make this team and, and supersede veterans. I mean, you can't have an all-rookie team. I mean, fair enough. And what are the odds you're going to draft uh, 11 guys that are going to make the team? Instead, you sit where you are at 24. Uh, you don't trade down. If you can, you trade up to go after a guy like Earl Thomas, who you guys by now know I'm high on. Yeah, we know you Earl Thomas. I like Earl Thomas, too. I'm not breaking your balls about it. Well, you know what? I'm not breaking your balls. I like Earl Thomas. I mean, he's young. I mean, he's 20 years old. There's Some a of lot these guys of come out to like 24 years old. Well, you're not going to get Earl Thomas by trading down. You, I mean, it, it, well, you I understand they, that. Well, all right, then. Then I don't know why there's an argument right now, Michael Warren. <laughs> now, now, gee, right? I'm going to ask you a question because it's one thing for us to say, you know, gee, I know you like Earl Thomas and you like Derek Morgan, and it's one thing for us to say, this is who I like. This is what. what do you think the Eagles are thinking, gee? If you had to guess, I know they've always been a team that's very open to trading. They'll trade up, they'll trade down. The Eagles could do anything. They've they, they got the phone lines open on draft day. What's your gut telling you they're going to do? Well, the, the thing that I would say is that uh, I, I think they want to, to address the secondary. I think they grabbed the Daryl Tapp with the thoughts that uh, he and Juque Parker can do the job over there uh-huh. on that left side. So I, I think they're going to opt to go that way. So I think the priority is the secondary. I think it's Earl Thomas in the first round. Uh, if they get Derek Morgan, uh, it's going to kind of be uh, best player on the board or Marquise uh, Ponzi. Those guys would be best player on the board. But for the most part, they want to address the secondary with Thomas and then come back in the second round uh, with Kareem Jackson. And I, I just hope they don't try to get into too much trading and too much playing around uh, in that they miss the guys they target. But I think going up to get Thomas could be very expensive. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see when they make the move, how, uh, how far they're willing to go up, and how that all works out. Because I think other people are going to uh, want Thomas now in that uh, his stock is going up, and I think Morgan's is as well. How far do they need to get up to get Earl Thomas, and what do they, what do they have to give up to get him, Jake? You think he's well, top 10? I, 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 I think that from what I hear, he is uh, – he might, he might be top 10, but probably you're talking about uh, 10, 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there. Um, but there are some people saying, well, I, I don't think he's going to go top 10. I, I just don't. But um, I, I think it's amazing that you're going to have one guy go top, but not top 10, but not two. 
But what I think, uh, uh, going up to get him, I think you're going to have to give up uh, a, maybe a couple of other those picks, maybe um, uh, a third or a fourth or something, you know. Um, hopefully you only give up one, but who knows? Somebody might squeeze two out of you, like a third and a fifth or something. I don't know. Well, I'm just looking at me personally. I don't know if he's top ten or not. I feel more comfortable drafting him around 13. Uh, I've said it before, too. I still think he's going to be a better at the end of the day, at the end of the career, better uh, a better player than Eric Berry. But that said, I mean, you got your Jacksonville sitting at ten, and they've made the, they've made it known that they, that they would like to trade down. Now, do we want to get all the way up to ten and pay that price to to, to take him at ten? I don't know, but there's certainly a suitor right there, basically well, barking I, you know, down I, everyone everyone's tree. See, I, I think one good thing is that they've had a guy like really both of those guys in Brian Dawkins, and see, the key with a guy like that is utilizing him properly. You know. Uh, you know, I'm I'm uh, interested to see how whoever gets Mays, how they use him because I'm really I really did not like the way Pete Carroll used this kid. And in fact, I think Pete Carroll's uh, one of the most overrated coaches that I've ever seen. Uh, not that he's not a great recruiter, but he's he's, he's an overrated coach because how, why would you take a kid like Taylor Mays, who's six three, two hundred thirty pounds, put him in center field like fifteen yards off the ball? Leave him there the whole game. You don't bring him up. You don't blitz him. You don't move him around. The kid's an exceptional athlete, uh, one of the more exceptional athletes from speed, from a size-speed combination that I've ever seen, that anybody's ever seen. And, and you just you don't ever do it with any, anything with him. But, but on the other hand, Eric Berry, who, who played for Monty Kiffin, they, used, they moved him all over the place. They utilized him like Dawkins was utilized here. And if you've got a good player, you've got to utilize him like that. And I want to see if maybe – Somebody's going to take Mays and utilize him like that. Oh, so that's what I was going to say. Does that, does that speak more of, of Mays' potential as opposed to Eric Berry just being used the correct way? Because if you use, if you put it this way, if you put Taylor Mays in Monty Kiffin's defense and utilize his attributes, do you think, you know, we're sitting here a couple days out of the draft talking about Taylor Mays the way we were two years ago? Well, we might. Uh, I can't really tell you that we would, but uh, we might. And the thing about it is. Uh, I think that Taylor Mays might be a little different because he's bigger, but he's got that tremendous speed. You know, you can, you could have, you could, why would you not have him up playing up by the line at times? I mean, because that speed factor on a blitz is going to be really scary. If you have a guy running that fast, that big, flashed by a quarterback, uh, he's going to have uh, night, nightmares about that. Well, you would have to think McDermott in a, in a Jim Johnson style. If he was to get a hold of Taylor Mays, you would have to think he'd be sending him. Uh, no doubt. Uh, and the thing about him, as fast as he is, you know, he doesn't even have to be at the line all the time. He just got to time things and hit it wide open. And, uh, man, you, that would really be scary. You're sending a guy that big coming in with that much uh, speed. I'm telling you, a quarterback would definitely remember that. But, you know, that's what really this is going to be all about is, uh, you know, they've got to get the right guys. Then they've got to go out and get them uh, to play well. And this, let me, I want to make one more point about Mays. The thing about Mays is when they talk bad about a guy like this, and he's, he's an exceptional athlete, we know that. Uh, we just have to see whether he's going to be able to put it out there on the field. But you know what he's focused on? He's not focused on going high in the draft. No, what he's focused on is being a great player after that. And that's really what you want the mindset to be of a player rather than a lot of these guys who their whole goal is to get drafted high, they get the money, and then they don't focus on being great players. Yeah, I mean, somebody might get a steal on Mays because he seems like 
you know, months and months ago, everyone was talking about this kid, oh, you got to see him. And then as the draft is approached, it seems like, oh, he can't cover, he can't do this. He's probably going to slide. Somebody might get a good deal on him. And well, I'm saying with a chip on his shoulder, and that happens too. You get guys like a Randy Moss or somebody that slides, and I'm going to show everybody you messed up. And well, that's you know, going to be saw, a huge we, asset for him. We saw that with Randy Moss. We saw that with Warren Sapp. You know, that happens with the, you know, these guys when they slide. And, and the thing about it is you've got to watch this, is that the, the sneaky GMs and player personnel guys who want Taylor Mays, what do they do? They put something bad out about him. They, sure. they keep every, they get everybody worked up. They scare away all these other guys. He falls into their lap, and they're over there giggling, smoking a cigar, uh, laughing, and, and then they get the last laugh when, when they get the guy they wanted. So these are all the games that are played. It's, it's kind of like uh, Phil Jackson playing the game on um, uh, the young kid that won the uh, scoring title uh, for uh, Oklahoma. Oh, Durant? Durant. He, 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 he's already in Durant's head. He said, you know, uh, I don't think that the refs should be uh, get, calling fouls uh, for this kid like he's some superstar. You know, they, they're giving him too much. Uh, you know, they're treating him like a superstar too much. And, of course, Durant uh, reacted to what Phil Jackson said. He's got all the refs thinking about it now. And all it was was to set up so that every time somebody calls a foul to let that kid go to the line, it's going to be a big deal. And therefore, it's going to wind up giving the Lakers an advantage when they play. So, how smart so was this that? Is the, this is the kind of sneaky stuff that goes on when you got veteran guys, and I think they could be playing that game with Mays. Well, yeah, and that's why I, I prefaced before with, with the Peter King's report that the Eagles want to trade up, and I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Teams put out so much nonsense, and gee, I know you remember this in '97. What was it? The Saints and the Packers. Uh, kind of what we're making it sound like they wanted John Harris. Here's this guy projected as like a third-round pick. They wanted him. And if you don't take him, they're not getting by the Saints and the Packers. They both went and took him in the first round. That's right. And it came out later that we didn't want him. Yeah, that's right. They played play the game. And, you know, uh, you know, you got a lot of talk about Tebow, too. It's going to be interesting to see where he goes or doesn't go. Uh, because you got, you know, what, what people have to do is forget what other people are saying. You've got to go look at a player, uh, analyze a player, and you've got to go on your own instincts. Later for somebody else playing those games with you, you can't fall for that stuff. Yeah, if you're listening to that stuff, you're probably in the wrong job. Uh, you know, I understand. And Andy Reid said this a few years ago. I was shocked at his answer when somebody asked Andy Reid, do you actually read the mock drafts? He said, yeah. Yeah, I read them. Why not? He's like, they're usually, these guys do some research. They're usually a good idea. And, and you know, I, I don't blame them for doing that, but you can't be trusted yeah, with reports about these guys want to trade up. For let, but let me tell you, that, because he said he does doesn't mean he does. I'm not saying he looked at it and made his draft board off of that. He was just saying, I look at it for information just to get an idea of what, what people are talking about. I don't think he's really sitting there going, boy, they have him taken high. I'm going to have to trade up to get, him, get above them. <laughs> Yeah, you know, there, there, there might be some, uh, you know, some, some, some mocks that he looks at that are familiar names or so, but for the most part, he's not looking at any mocks drafts, you know, because uh, there's a lot of misinformation. No, I understand. <laughs> he's not facing his draft off that. But, but anyway, look, we got to take a break. We'll, come, we'll take a break. We'll come back and get more of the Eagles draft. We got Phillies to talk about. This is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'll see you in a minute. It's a fly ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's 
shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Taking a look at the NBA tonight. Highlights. He's broken loose. He's at the 30. And headlines. Big trade in the NFL this afternoon. When you are looking to talk sports, look no further than the Voice America Sports Network. We bring you some of the biggest names and all the sports news you can handle. Whether it's basketball. Off the glass. Football. Come on. Golf. Racing. Or the Olympics. We've got you covered. We'll even cover tailgating. Tune in to the Voice America Sports Network. It's all things sports. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. All right, we're back here on G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Michael Warren along with G Cobb and Jason Ashworth. And we went over the Eagles draft and our uh, wonderful fans in Philadelphia. We haven't really talked to any Phillies on this show in a while. Uh, you've got a team coming off of a National League championship uh, the year before they win the World Series. If that doesn't, if that's what tells me this is an Eagles town. No matter what, the Phillies are phenomenal when we're talking about the Eagles. But uh, Mr. Halliday is uh, getting his first home start tonight. Um, and that's obviously a big deal, but here, the Phillies, what, they lost two games so far. They've been, I don't know if they've been playing well. They're hitting well. How concerned are you? First of all, this team hasn't played anybody. They played the Nationals and the Astros, which are two horrific teams. And, and we've, we've said for a while that, you know, Hamels is really the linchpin here. If Hamels comes out and he gives you another stud season like he did in 08, or, you know, at least the end of 08, you're fine. You got your two horses. You're okay. Hamels has been shaky, and you got Blanton hurt, which hurts bad because you got Kyle Kendrick in there, who is—he's brutal. I mean, can you even give him another start at this point? I don't know. You got Moyer in there. The starting pitching has not been very good. Hap's been all right, but he's walking some people, so he's leaving games early. That taxes your bullpen. How concerned are you guys 
with the pitching right now for the Phillies. Gee, you well, and me. I, you I'm, I'm very concerned. You want to start? We can go all day with this. Um, I'll start. Look, to be honest with you, here's the deal. If you, when you go up and down that starting rotation, all right, you look at Roy Halladay, is Roy Halladay, all right? Cole Hamels, you said it. He's shaky. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's, he's at least got two wins under his belt, but that's because of the offense. When you're out putting up seven runs a game for a starting pitcher, it's going to be hard not to be not you know not to get those those two runs. Yeah. Kyle Kendrick, to me, uh, he, he's nothing more than either a bullpen or a career triple triple A pitcher. That's why the triple A exists because they get past the double A, but they're not quite good enough for the majors. You can find a spot for him in the bullpen, but I think that's where it ends. Um, and then you even want to go outside of the starting bullpen. Uh, I'm sorry, the starting rotation. The bullpen was tops in the NL, but that's, that's only because they played the Nationals and Astros. Uh, so I think the, the rotation and the bullpen outside of holidays is shaky, to say the least. That's kind of a big deal, isn't it, Jay? Well, I, I think so. And the big thing is that if they don't start getting uh, you know, positive and productive starts, from the starters, they're going to burn out the bullpen. And, uh, you know, you, you know that, uh, like with uh, J.A. Happ, I mean, if you're going out there and you're walking people against a decent team, you're going to give up a lot of runs, you know. Right. And, uh, that's what's going to happen, you know. Uh, with Kendrick, you know, you got a problem there. I mean, uh, people got excited about what was happening down in Florida. And I'm telling you, Florida, you know, is, is all overrated. You know, what happens during the spring is overrated until the season starts, and I think there are some reasons to be concerned. I mean, because it's a long season, you know that if you, uh, if you burn out the bullpen, then you're going to wind up really uh, getting into a, a, a real problem as the season goes along. So I'm concerned right now. Uh, they're already talking about Martinez, and if he's brought in, well, how, much, how long is he going to last? I mean, uh. next thing you know, they're going to be bringing guys back from the dead to pitch. I mean, come on. Not to Ryan, injury Ryan's making a comeback. What's that, Jay? I said Nolan Ryan's making a comeback. He's expected to work out for the Phillies next month. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's really what they're <laughs> going to be looking at soon. You know, the lineup's been great. Now, now we are getting Blanton back. They're getting a couple guys back. You're looking at They're going to go ahead. They're going to bring Blanton back. Obviously, if you want to look bullpen, they're going to get Lidge and Romero back. Uh, are you guys still with me? Yeah, I'm still with you, Jerry. I think we made a lot of right, sorry, I heard a dial tone. I apologize. Um, so, I mean, they're going to get, they, they are going to get playing back, and they're going to get some bullpen help back, which obviously is going to shift a couple things. Um, it's not only going to allow other guys to rest, but just shift where you use them. Hopefully, uh, Lynch had a good outing the other night, but that's one inning. Let's see what he does, uh, with a couple more, uh, a couple more games down there. But, I mean, yeah, it's shaky. Yeah, you're a little nervous. But it's a but long Jay, let's, season. Let's, be, let's also... Yeah, touch on the fact this isn't the same bullpen. This is a retooled bullpen. And yeah, I've always <laughs> said it is. I've always said it's very, very difficult to cobble together a bullpen. I mean, do you remember the year? What was it? Oh four, oh five, where Ray Al Cormier, yeah, like seven yeah. and zero with a great ERA. You go, wow. Yeah. When you have guys that are of, of, of that stature, they're not good enough to be closers. They're not good enough to be starters, but they're good enough to be major league pitchers, and they'll give you some innings. The bullpen's kind of weird like that. A guy like that could have a good year. Well, now you've got to find five or six of those guys and hope they all have a good year. That's one of the reasons the Phillies won the World Series in 08. They got some really good bullpen work, and the lineup was so good that basically they said, all right, we're going to get your starter out of the game. Our starter might be out too, but I'll take my lineup against your bullpen over your lineup against our bullpen. 
And you could I win might, no, in seventh and eighth and ninth, ninth innings went, well, that way. Nobody's like, so, going to disagree with that. No, you disagree nobody, with that. Yeah, nobody can disagree with that because that's exactly how they want it. The only difference now, you and I both, uh, I hate saying this because I, I really don't want to fall into this trap. I really don't. I'm simply saying it to point it out. By all means, there is no holes right now in this, in this lineup in, ter- in terms of uh, the bats. And I, I'm never one to say that, you know, uh, the bats are going to win you a championship because they don't. It comes down to pitching. However, however, you're putting up eight runs a game, and, I mean, that's something that the other team has to deal with. And, I mean, I'm never going to say they're going to hit their way to a championship, but they're doing a damn good job of fooling everybody and making believe they can right now. So well, you until, know, I, I, until they go through those, those holes where they can only score one, two runs a game max, and, you know, they go a game to get shut out, which we all know they will do. Until they do that, everybody can at least breathe a, a breath of fresh air uh, until that happens. Right. What's that, Jake? No, I, I think the thing is is that there, there are going to be periods when if the pitching is struggling, you know, the offense can carry them. But what uh, can't happen is you can't have the offense be expected to carry you the whole way. So exactly. what they've got to do is the offense will give them a chance to get Lidge back, get himself together. You know, hopefully get J.C. Romero back, get himself together, uh, get Blanton back, and he can get himself together. And, you know, and everybody, you know, they don't have to be uh, Cy Young Award winners. But to be able to go out and give solid performances, you need that from your starters, you need that from your bullpen, and at due due time you're going to have to have a closer out there who comes in that you can trust. So uh, that's what's going to happen, and they've got to have that ready because when you get to the playoffs, you know you got to have some pitching. I mean, I don't care what you <laughs> Look, when you get to the playoffs, you know, and, and, and see, this is similar to what it happens with the Eagles. When you get to the playoffs, what do you know? You know that you're going to be facing good pitching. Why? Because the teams that are there have good pitching or they wouldn't be there. So right. you're going to get good pitching, and you've got to have some good pitching. And it's as simple as that. So by the playoffs, hopefully, you know, they got to get together, of course, before then. Uh, but they don't have to be great all year because they've got this great lineup. But at some point, you got to get it together. We've got to see Lidge, and he's got to come out. And hopefully he's not the Lidge we saw last year. Uh, he's the Lidge that is somewhat close to the guy, the guy we saw before. Yeah, just uh, somewhere in between at least. But, you know, one thing I, we, I can't say this right now. I'm saying I have a hunch, and we, time will tell if I'm right. Um, in the past, this lineup was very power-based. And one of the problems with that was, if you have a power outage, you can't score runs. And then if you're not pitching well, now you're just losing games. What I, I think we might see with this year's lineup, and I don't know if you guys agree with this, they seem to be more prepared to go station to station, manufacture the runs. They're going to mix in the, the powers there. I mean, Utley, Howard, you know, come on, that's, the power's there. Do you guys think this lineup's maybe a little more prepared to, uh, yes. to, to do more manufacturing of runs? You've got a Polanco now hitting second. I mean, he's, he's almost a guarantee to move Rollins over if he gets on. Yeah, no, you you hit it on the head. I mean, and it's kind of ironic you're saying this now as Polanco just hit a solo homer. But the whole reason, that's exactly what they're doing. They're manufacturing runs. They're moving runners. And I think Polanco is the spark of that. Putting him in the two-hole uh, two is obviously a big upgrade from what we had last year. And he's starting out just as hot, if not hotter, than Raul Abanya did last year. So, they, I mean, and now we're putting that at the top of the lineup. You see when Jimmy goes down, Shane pops in, and he's moving runners over. He's going yard. He's hitting triples. This whole lineup, up and down, is scary. And now it's even scarier 
because you know what they can do with the long ball. You know they can put up their runs, but they're manufacturing them, like you said. So that's a whole new beast. No, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. And uh, funny you mentioned Abanez. Gee, are you concerned about Abanez at all? The guy's, was he 38 years old, 37 years old? Hey, at some point it's not going to work anymore. Are you concerned at all about Abanez? Well, I think there's a reason to to be concerned. You know, you want to step back and look and and see if he's able to get it together. Uh, But uh, no doubt, you know, because at some point it's over. And the thing about it is uh, when it's over, a lot of times the player is the last one to know that it's over. Now, we we can see it, and if something doesn't turn around, you know, I mean, look at David Ortiz uh, Ortiz over there in uh, Boston. I mean, boy, it went south for him quick. (laughs) Hey. You know, when it goes south that abruptly, you know, I mean, you, you can't ignore the obvious, but uh, they, I'm sure they'll give him some more time and sit back and be patient and everything, but he, he's going to have to start picking it up. How much time do they give him, though? And this is, this is well, the reason I, 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 think I ask. I think, I think they'll give him almost half a season or at least, you know, a, a quarter of a season, you know, before they would start much. platooning him. Uh, but uh, they probably will give him, you know, good half a season to get himself together before they say, well, you know, we got to make a change. Uh, you know what, personally, G, I think, just me personally, and I know majority of the country is going to disagree with me here, I think that's too much for the for the simple reason that I look at Abanez and the fact that he's, you know, under contract for next year, and his contract directly stands in the way of Jason Worth and any kind of potential to, to re-sign him. What I do, especially with the way this offense uh, is swinging the bats right now, and the way this team is geared, if I if I, I don't even <laughs> if I'm going to platoon, I bring Dominic Brown up right now. I let him. Everyone's going to disagree with me. Fair enough. I let him sow his oats. If he's struggling at the plate, it's okay because I'm not going to rely on him too much. I see what I have in Dominic Brown at the big league level, and if I need to re-sign Jason Worth, uh, because if Dominic Brown isn't what we think he is, and I'm sure we don't know, but I, I just want to see it. I want to bring him up. Let him play some baseball because he's obviously he can't do any worse right now than Raul. Uh, I want to see what I have. And but he see can what, also how be struggling in a way that maybe we got ahead of ourselves last year when he came up and was tearing the cover off the ball. It's still only a few games. I mean, are we maybe okay, getting ahead of ourselves. Show me a big sample size of Dominic Brown. I mean, he can't get worse uh, in left field. So I, me personally, I bring him up and I find out what I have. All right. Well, look. Hey, maybe that's what happens. But we got to take a break. We'll come back for our final segment. Here on G-Cobb, in the house, on VoiceAmericaSports.com. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball, deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Are you ready to talk football with the greatest wide receiver player and coach in NFL history? Tune in to Wide Open with Andre Rison. Andre is ready to talk to you and give his thoughts on the sport. There'll be celebrity guests, coaches, players, artists, and more. He'll go beyond the game with a look from the coach's point of view and feature a high school player each week. Tune in to Wide Open with host Andre Rison. Featured Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news, talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Thursday mornings at 7 a.m. Pacific time for IS Outdoors on the Voice America Sports Channel. With their combined experience of 60 years in the woods, Brock and Don have traveled widely creating TV shows and writing articles on hunting and fishing. Blessed with down-home humor, they are also well-versed in environmental concerns, firearms ownership, and animal rights issues. IS Outdoors offers brisk interaction with the audience, soliciting opinions and questions on a wide range of outdoors subjects. Tune in every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific time to the IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show with Brock Ray and Don Kirk, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. All right, everybody, we're back here on G-Cobb in the House on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Michael Warren along with G-Cobb and Jason Ashworth. There's one other thing I wanted to talk to you guys about, and there's a lot of different angles to this. And, you know, we opened the show talking about someone with poor behavior. We might as well close it with someone with poor behavior. Um, our buddy Big Ben, was a, you know, he found out earlier this week he's not going to be uh, charged with rape. Did you guys happen to see any of the, the report? Yep. Of what the girl said happened, what her friend said happened, which was remarkably similar, which, I mean, as anybody knows, if you want to find people lying, you'll, you find inconsistencies in stories and things like that. It didn't seem made up. And, I mean, there's so many different angles to this. Is, is he going to be traded? He's going to be disciplined by the Steelers or the league, two separate things. Um, and we don't know what that's going to be or how much. I have to think this girl's comment's coming out did not help his case as far as what Goodell or the Rooney family plans to do to him. If you're the Steelers, can, do you even want him on your team anymore? I mean, I mean why bad press? 
let, let me tell you, the guy is a scumbag, and he's been getting away with it. And right now, I would have to say that this guy is a rapist. I mean, come on. Uh, you know, I, I, you know I, 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 it's not where you've got, let's say, where he's going grabbing women, throwing them in the... But he's almost doing that. I mean, come on. You know, uh, to let him get away with this stuff where he's got uh, uh, bodyguards, you know, uh, trying to, you know, intimidating people and stuff, and he gets something out of, you know, taking his, taking his uh, stuff out, uh, you know, and, and, and getting drunk and pulling it out and putting, you know, forcing girls to do stuff to him. I mean, come on. Uh, you know, and I, and I have to say, this, this is really, you know, the thing is that I, I'm, I'm saying is I don't see the media killing him the way they kill some of these other guys, and, and I got a major problem with it. That's the biggest thing is, come on, this guy is a scumbag. Come on, because they're all kind of girls. See, the thing is, they're, you know, come on, there, there's no shortage of whores. Come on. <laughs> the thing is, why do you have to get a girl that's not willing there are all right. kind of girls that would be take care of him like that. But you got to go get a little 20-year-old, get her drunk and intimidate her with some bodyguards? Come on, man. And I, I don't know if you guys saw this, too. The cop who took her statement. Maybe, there maybe you this, go. Is, this is what happens here. She just, uh, you know, as far as she's concerned, she just got you know, raped in a bathroom. Oh, my God, I, I'm wasted. I go outside. I, I go to the first cop car I can find. The cop that she went to, he resigned today. Yeah. yeah, that's what so I thought it, you were doing. When I resigned, I mean, they told him, either you're fired or you resign. you got two choices. Because yeah. he didn't take her seriously. He said, well, this guy's an NFL star. I mean, he's got plenty of money. You're wasting your time if you fill out a police report. What the hell is that? Yeah, come on. See, this, this is the kind of crap I'm telling you, man. Uh, you know, hey, you know, I had no problem with the, getting these other guys. I mean, if they're guys are scumbag like Pac-Man, and these guys, I got no problem. But don't tell me... Big Ben, and, and right away, they, uh, you're going to tell me that the Steelers go, okay, we're going to give him another chance. The dude, come on, this dude has got a track record, and now we find out there were more cases that have been swept under the rug. Where he, look, come on, if you wanted a girl, come on, there's no shortage of girls that Ben can get. that will be in the, in the sack with him, no problem. Do whatever he wants to do. Why you got to get somebody that, that's not willing? Right, and let's be honest, what he's accused of doing... I mean, I, I don't know how many... I, I like to watch the, uh, the prison documentaries and stuff. What he's accused of doing, even the most hardened criminals in prison look down upon him as a piece of crap. Yeah, come I mean, on, man. There's all kind of girls. Come on. And, and he can get a girl of age that knows exactly what she's doing and got no problem <laughs> taking care of him. But you don't have to go get a little 20-year-old and get some, oh, uh, some, some bodyguards to intimidate her and, you know... I think if, you know, of course, if he wasn't a superstar quarterback, come on, he'd have been blown out of there. No, you're right, G. As far as getting a girl drunk and trying to, I mean, that's like, that's, that's like what Jay and I have to do, you know, because we're, we're not. <laughs> but, 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 man, you know, you're getting close to 30, and you're hanging around with some little college kids. Get yeah. your butt out of there and go to a grown-up club and, and, you know, and get whatever girl you want. And then do whatever you want. She knows what she's doing, and, and go ahead and have some fun. That's fine. Even even the girls that I can get now don't know what they're doing. And this guy's being greedy. He's got to take them now too. <laughs> <laughs> can I just get one? <laughs> yeah. and, and you know, and, and, and the thing about it is, uh, Terry Bradshaw kind of hit it on the head. He said, "Look." Yeah, he did. He said, "Ben is ugly, and I'm ugly, but we throw can throw a football, and that's why these girls are all after us." And uh, and that's the truth of the matter. <laughs> 
And Ben needed to know that he's ugly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he, honestly, just looking at pictures of him now, I, I really just think he's a vile human being. And that's not even, he's not even been charged with anything, but there's enough evidence for me as a somewhat logical person to say, come on now. And now, if you're the Steelers and you want to move him, who do you move him to? What would you possibly get for him? And what would that team be thinking? Well, he, uh, he won't touch, he won't, he won't rape anybody in St. Louis. Well, you know, you know uh, there's only a few teams that he could go to now. He probably could go to the Raiders. They'll take him. They might. Uh, <laughs> I, I, what do you mean they might? What do you mean they might? They would take him. You, uh, like, I mean, right, he would well, fit well, in out there. Rather than us prove why he would, why wouldn't they? He would fit in out there with, uh, in, in Oakland because if he beat the girls, you know, in one of them S&M places, they'd probably say, okay, great, man, I want him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I, I'm just kidding. But anyway, uh, in, in seriousness, you know, Ben has got an issue, meaning, like, he's into this. Because if you yeah. keep doing this, he's into this. Rather than, look, you go talk to girls, you talk to a bit. You know, she meets you back at the house, at your, whatever, that's your mind. He'll pull, he'll come, she feels something for her. Why, you know, right away, it validates the other girl. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Oh, it does. Come on. You know, uh, somebody's going to go, oh, no, this happened, that happened. You know, look, how many times has it got to happen? And all these girls, they don't know each other. And they're all saying the same thing. And, and you know, and, uh, and the way Ben was reacting, you can tell that he, he's got issues, man. Well, and true, and, and, and gee, you saw, too, uh, all the reports that came out from people even the local media in Pittsburgh, who are rumored to be, like, they hesitate to say anything about about the Steelers because they want access to these guys, so they, they don't actively trash. They're doing it now. There's yeah. all these stories that come out. Oh, yeah, this guy's, this guy's a horse's rear end. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, uh, Ben is, is, you know, the thing is, he, he got some kind of issue, man. <laughs> He's got some kind of issue where, he, you know, he'd rather take it than be given it, you know? You can always play pretend, you know? I, I I don't know. Big Ben definitely has problems, but that's our time for this week. I want to thank you guys. It's always a blast. Jason Ashworth, G Cobb, I'm Michael Warren. I uh, had a blast with you guys. I'll see you next week. This is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Have a good one, everybody. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.